If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 515. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. This is B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. Support the show by buying a class at McClanahan Academy. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll, but buy those classes there. That helps keep this show free of charge. Also, click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way, get a book played on one of my books, purchase one of my books. My most recent is The Jeffersonian Tradition, but I've got many others out there. Southern Scribblings, Nine Presidents Who Screwed Up America, How Alexander Hamilton Screwed Up America, The Pig to Real American Heroes, The Pig to the Founding Fathers, The Founding Fathers' Guide to the Constitution, Forgotten Conservatives in American History, a lot of good stuff. You want to get all of those books. They're really good. And uh, you can also support the show by going to Learn True T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. This is my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. Click on that shop tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. As always, share the podcast around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Let people know you're listening listen to the show and thinking locally and acting locally. And send me those show requests. And this one is a listener-generated episode. I mentioned yesterday that we're going to have a pretty good week, and generally, listener-generated episodes. In fact, um, all of them in a way. So this one has to do with a with an op-ed that Ann Coulter wrote. Now, Ann Coulter is an interesting character, without question. Uh, she's not always right. Uh, in fact, I mean, you can... There are some things she says at times that are ridiculous, but... I have to I have to give I mean look Ann Coulter is a great writer. She's very good and she is witty and she can be funny. Um and I have to give her credit for always saying things that are going to get her in hot water in one way or another. I mean, if that's one thing you can say about Ann Coulter, she's going to write something that's going to fire somebody up. Whether on the left or the right, she's going to do something that's going to be controversial. And so uh, a couple of days ago, or last week, I should say, it was last week, she wrote an op-ed on the decision of the Virginia government, Richmond, more importantly, to tear down this National Historic Landmark of Robert E. Lee, which had stood there for a very long time, 130 years or so. And so... She titled the piece, Gray Lives Matter, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Gray Lives Matter. But this is appropriate, I think, for the modern political climate. Because you see, if there's any group in America where it really doesn't matter, it would be Southerners. In fact, Southerners, your property doesn't even matter anymore. During all the, the George Floyd rioting in Richmond, which were fiery but most, most, mostly peaceful protests, right, as we saw, 
the United Daughters of the Confederacy as a museum. It was attacked and lit on fire, caused over a million dollars in damage. So, there was a criminal investigation open into that. And they supposedly don't have enough evidence to put anybody behind bars or win a case. Because it was dark and people were wearing masks. Now, if this was people marching on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, well, gosh, we'd have internet sleuths all over the place trying to... I mean, you're having you're having uh, people, their neighbors, turn people in. Oh, my gosh, I saw the pictures. you got internet sleuths all over there. We can't identify a bunch of dippies who are burning down a building. You see, this property doesn't matter. The Virginia Attorney General says, I'm not bringing charges. It doesn't matter. Now, if you are on the right... Your property doesn't even... You can't even get justice in a court of law because if you're in Virginia, because the AG is not going to bring suit. They won't even do it, or they'd half-heartedly do it, and you'd probably lose. So here is this group, United Artists of the Confederacy, been around for a long period of time. Can't even get relief in a court of law in the state of Virginia because the AG... I don't have enough evidence here. And maybe they don't. I don't know. But, you know, if this was a leftist situation, you would have had so many resources put into this, they would have dragged somebody in there and said they're guilty and gotten a conviction on it. But nope, not if it's the United Daughters of the Confederacy. They're not going to do it. They're not going to spend the resources or the time to go out and try to figure this out. You know why? Because it de- they deserved it. This is the issue. These people deserved it. This is the left now, the vindictive left, and once they gain control of the reins of power, they are not going to give anyone on the right access, really, to the courts in a way they should. And it's acceptable to do things to them. You can just do whatever you want. You can take down their monuments. You can do things to them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These people don't matter. So when Ann Coulter writes, gray lives matter, it's not just the gray lives. It's not just Robert E. Lee. The man's dead. He's he's been dead for 150 years. It's not just that. It's not Robert E. Lee that matters. It's the descendants of these people who still have reverence for their ancestors and who still believe that that part of American history is worthy of preserving for a lot of different reasons and that these people weren't evil as Hugh Hewitt. I mean, Hugh Hewitt called John C. Calhoun evil. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. This is the general consensus of the Straussian neoconservative right. All these people are evil. Robert E. Lee is evil. He's evil. So, you have a situation in Richmond where your monuments are going to be sawed down, put at a sewage treatment plant. I mean, this is what they want to do. They just want to eradicate these things. These people don't matter. And if you're one of these people that is a descendant of these people and you you admire them, you're a deplorable. And you really don't matter. Your property doesn't matter. Your liberty doesn't matter. Your life really doesn't matter that much. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've gotten to that point in American society in Virginia. In fact, I would say if you're in Virginia, and you're, I mean, you're in anywhere around these areas, it's time to get out. It's time to go somewhere else. And that's a sad thing because Virginia is such a great old state. I mean, look, there's no Virginia, there's no America. 
And this is this is dangerous to have Virginia going in this way. But because I mean, there's so much good, so much great history in Virginia that's going to be simply swept aside because it doesn't fit with the modern woke narrative. And I, now I say that you know, doing most of the time I teach uh, Western civilization, and you look at a place like Berlin, right? And you look at the, the images, the historic images of Berlin, and how much of that city was actually lost during World War II. But uh, there's a statue of Frederick William, the great elector, in Berlin. Now, this guy was a pretty despicable character in a lot of ways. He's not a good guy. But yet, there's a statue. They haven't taken it down. Or how about the fact that one of these other dopes, leftist dopes, said, well, you know... They don't have statues of George Washington in, in Great Britain. They do. In fact, they have one in London. And I mentioned this before. There's one in London. He's not going to be touched there. But yet here, he's forfeit. You see, they still have palaces, symbols of royal absolutism that people go and... I mean, this is, this is tourism. People want to go to Versailles. Versailles was an abomination of Louis XIV in many ways. It's a beautiful place. But people were killed building that palace, the amount of waste of the resources of France and what that did and let, ultimately helped lead to the French Revolution, the waste of Louis XIV created the waste of Louis XV and the waste of Louis XVI, the decadence of the court. I mean, this is it. And yet there it is. It still stands because the French realized, you know what, we're not taking this stuff down. Even Macron, who is a leftist, said, you know, we're not taking statues down in Paris. We're not doing that. Basically, get lost. No, shut up. He told the people, the lefties of France, no, shut up. We're not taking any of these statues down. Quiet. Sit down. Be quiet. Well, we don't do that in America. We don't have people saying, no, shut up. We have a bunch of spineless dopes who want to take these things down. There's no, there's no adults in the room. Oh, that statue hurt your feelings. I wonder, oh, well, then we have to get rid of it. We have to get rid of it. The French people hated Louis XIV so much they exhumed his body during the French Revolution. This guy was not well-loved, and yet his symbols stayed. His symbols stayed. The symbols of royal power, royal absolutism. In fact, I mean, France is a unitary state. The government that he helped create and then Napoleon codified, I mean, that government's still basically there in France. This unitary state where people don't have as much power as they think. So this is, and that's just a couple of examples, right? I mean, we have we have a situation in Europe. Now, people are going after these things in Europe. In fact, I think I mentioned previous uh, podcasts that uh, in Mexico City, they've taken down the statue of Columbus and replaced it with an indigenous woman is what they're saying. So um, you can't have that. This this disease is is comprehensive. It's gonna it's gonna take over everything. So I applaud Coulter for having the guts to write something that says gray lives matter. Because that says that's that's a political statement. It should not be. We should always recognize these people are Americans. Their lives matter. Uh, they were celebrated by the people. I mean, hundreds of thousands of men died supporting Robert E. Lee. And we're just going to, well, those people don't matter anymore. They're just evil. They're bad. So let's read this little piece by Coulter, because I think it's it's a nice, fun little piece. It's it's not, 
written on a on a lofty, highbrow level, but it's fun. She begins by saying, My ancestors were Presbyterian abolitionists who fought on the Union side, but I get really ticked off when imbeciles take a sledgehammer to my country's history. So, uh, she begins by saying, Look, uh, my, my people are on the other side. My people are on the other side, and so I don't have a bone, I don't have a dog in this fight. This is not... They're not taking down a statue to my people. My people fought against this guy. But she gets ticked off when you take a sledgehammer to her country's history. Last week, with self-satisfied glee, savages tore down the 14-foot statue of Robert E. Lee designed by the French sculptor Antoine Merci and installed in 1890 on the land deeded to the state. She writes, she's, she's correct, they're savages. These are barbarians who have no concept of beauty or history. The statue itself is beautiful. The pedestal is beautiful. And this is what, and I, I love that she quotes this. She says, in return for a promise that the Commonwealth of Virginia would, quote, will hold said statue and pedestal and circle of ground perpetually sacred to the monumental purpose to which they have been devoted and that she will faithfully guard it and affectionately protect it. That was, the statue was given to the, to the state with this caveat. They would do this. But Virginia's Supreme Court ruled that the state had a free speech right to violate the deed. Ridiculous. A free speech right here. On that theory, no contract can ever be enforced. She's right about this. I have a free speech to say that I will not deliver 20 pounds of bananas. No contract can ever be enforced if this is the case. This is a contract. Okay, we're going to give you this statue and the monument, and you have to protect it perpetually. You can't take it down. Nope. Supreme Court, we don't have rule of law. We have rule of men in Virginia now. And God forbid a leftist mob attacks your stuff because guess what? They won't be able to prove anything. You just lose it. You lose it all. It's not just Southerners who revered Lee, as his Wikipedia page implies. Franklin D. Roosevelt called Lee one of our greatest American Christians and one of our greatest American gentlemen. Dwight Eisenhower said Lee was noble as a leader and as a man, and unsullied as I read the pages of our history. Even U.S. Grant called him, he quote, the acknowledged able, the acknowledged ablest general in the Confederate Army. I have to give Donald Trump credit after they took it down. He wrote a, a piece, or a, put out a, a statement about it, decrying the move, saying it was terrible. It doesn't matter to the left. They don't care. They don't care about that at all. This is all about image. This is the new Virginia. The new Virginia. The son, not grandson, of a hero of the American Revolution, Lee graduated second in his class at West Point, then distinguished himself in the Mexican-American War. Lee's reputation was so great that President Lincoln asked him to take command of the Union forces against the South. But Lee was a Virginian and felt compelled to take Virginia's side, so he resigned from the U.S. Army. Now, uh, you've got people like Alan Gelzo. She, she's going to bash MSNBC in a second here. But even Alan Gelzo on the right says, well, Lee really did commit treason. This is the problem. When you have people on the right insisting that Lee was a traitor, and this is Victor Davis Hanson. I mean, we could go down the list of these people that did this kind of stuff. You give the enemy all they need. 
Well, Alan Gelzo, the great conservative historian, says Lee was a traitor. Lee, res Lee was still, I mean, he was a traitor. He did it. He was a traitor. And, of course, you got the lefties and those on the right saying, well, Grant might have said that, but he really wanted to, to punish the South. She says, for my illiterate readers and anyone who gets news from, the, from uh, MSNBC, that makes Lee the opposite of a traitor. A traitor is someone who pretends to be on your side while secretly working with the enemy, not someone who loudly announces, I quit. My friends and I are leaving. She's right about this. So what she's saying here is the de facto act of secession protects Lee from charges of treason. He was no longer in the U.S. government. And, of course, this is where Gelzo and other dopes on the, on the right would say, well, secession's not legal. They can't be out of the Union or Gelzo. Well, I know that you say that you think this is true, but it's not true. And if I had all, if I could just blow that argument apart in five minutes, but because you're below me and I am so much smarter than you, uh, we, I, could, I could do this all day. But Lee and the Southerners were not really out of the Union. That never really happened. There was a, a, a talk that Gelzo made. It's on YouTube where he talks about Lee being a traitor. And somebody has, I mean, stands up and says, hey, wait a second here. If Lee was out of the Union, he's not really a traitor. If the session actually happened, well, I mean, we can, Gelzo kind of starts laughing and puts his head down and says, well, I could get into this with you and I would win this argument right now, but I'm not going to because you're really beneath me. This is Coulter again. Among his accomplishments, there's also the minor fact that Lee saved the country. Immediately after a bitter, bloody civil war pitting brother against brother, four of Mary Lincoln's five brothers fought the Confederacy. The landscape littered with dead. Lee ensured that the South would accept defeat. When Lee surrendered at Appomattox, he was the at the height of his powers, idolized throughout the South. The president of the Confederacy, Jefferson Davis, wanted to fight on, telling his officers, quote, I think we can whip the enemy yet if our people will turn out. But Lee, not Davis, held the hearts of his countrymen. When one of Lee's own officers urged him to lead a guerrilla war against the North, Lee remonstrated, quote, As a Christian people, there is now but one course to pursue. We must accept the situation. These men must go home and plant a crop, and we must proceed to build up our country on a new basis. He could have easily have pulled a Trump and told his supporters, We got screwed. Take to the hills. They would have followed. Hundreds of thousands. More lives would have been lost. The country might have never recovered. But Lee said, No, it ends now. Well, this is true. Lee was much more magnanimous than anyone gives him credit for here. He was interested in real reconciliation. In his biography of Grant, Ron Chernow says, the Union general believed that, quote, Lee had, had Lee resisted surrender and encouraged his army to wage guerrilla warfare, he would have, would have spawned infinite trouble. Such was Lee's unrivaled stature that his acceptance of defeat reconciled any Die-hard rebels to follow his example. Thanks to Lee, we became a functioning country again within about 15 years instead of becoming Serbia, Afghanistan, Korea, Vietnam, Rwanda, and on and on and on. After Lee's surrender, Union soldiers saluted their defeated foes. Erstwhile, wearing, uh, officers, uh, sir, erstwhile warring officers embraced one another. One Confederate officer said, quote, Great God, thought I to myself, how my heart swells out to such a magnanimous touch of humanity. Why do men fight who were born to be brothers. When told of Lee's surrender, Lincoln ordered the Union Army to play, or Union Band, I'm sorry, to play Dixie. Years later, Grant spoke of his deep affection for Lee's army, second only to that for his own men. 
So this idea of reconciliation is really what's under attack here. And if you follow me at the Abbeville Institute podcast, go to abbevilleinstitute.org, and I do that once a week. If you follow me there, we've got 200-something episodes, 270-some episodes, almost 280. And I get into this, I mean, the real issue nowadays is not the war, it's reconciliation. It's the fact that Northerners who actually shot at Southerners and were shot back at decided that they were going to put down the gun and they were going to heal the country. To these people, that should never have happened. To the people that tore down Lee, to the people that keep pushing this agenda, that should have never happened. There should never have been a reconciliation. Never has a civil war ended with such love between the former enemies. That's our history, our country, our war. North and South, black and white, she says. The vandalizing of American history has absolutely nothing to do with black people or slavery. Lots of historical figures had slaves. Not only, not only American heroes like Washington and Jefferson, but Kamala Harris's ancestors, according to her own father. Barack Obama is the only president who might, have, might be descended from slave traders, a particularly repellent group inasmuch as Kenya was a major player in the slave trade. This is true. Slave traders... And we know that Africa was heavily involved in the trade, yet are we censoring Africa? Are we going over there and saying, you got to tear down these things, you got to tear down these monuments? In fact, I mean, I mentioned this before, what we should do is just get rid of all names, all monuments, all of it. It all just has to go. That's the natural progression of all of this. How about these white saviors deemed uh, demand a box on their Ivy League admissions forms. If admitted to Harvard, would you be willing to give up your place to a black person? That will never happen. Instead, we get, I went out and courageously defeated, defaced a Confederate statue because some things are more important than my personal comfort. No, the moving force behind this frenzied destruction of American history isn't black people suddenly offended by monuments that have been around for a century. It's pushy newcomers. Bitter that their ancestors had nothing to do with the creation of this country. This is true. A lot of the New Virginia people are immigrants. You look at uh, uh, several of these people. They're immigrants. And they, their country, the way they conceptualize the United States, does not include the South. After other people's ancestors carved a nation out of the wilderness, they just kind of showed up. Now they go around obliterating anything that reminds them this country was up and running long before they got here. America's leading hate group, the Southern Poverty Law Center, tallies, I'm sorry, titles its report on Confederate symbols, quote, whose heritage? Public symbols of the Confederacy. Yes, exactly. It's not their heritage, so it must be destroyed. My ancestors fall on the Union side, but they were involved, and it matters to me. MSNBC's smirking Chris Hayes can get weepy about some ro ancient Roman ruin, and Rachel Maddow can, about a building in Warsaw, but I can't love my history. These savages are smashing and graffitiing my antiques. How would they like it if we took a sledgehammer to, quote, piss Christ, which is this awful sculpture um, that's won all kinds of awards. It's just really stupid modern art. But anyways, how would they like it if we did that? Took a sledgehammer to that. would be disgusting. Um, and we've got these people on the left that, oh my gosh, we got to protect Roman, Roman ruins. We've got to protect these Assyrian monuments. We've got to protect these Egyptian things. got to protect all that stuff. The Assyrians were a brutal people. The Egyptians, at times, were a brutal people. We have to protect things that aren't American and tear things down that are. And that's what I like about this particular piece and where I think Ann Coulter was right on 
in doing this. She was right on. All right. Great piece, a lot of fun, and, of course, got to the right point of the debate. I'll see you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.